Lord, we ask for your anointing on Esther this morning. Amen. Ask you to put in her mouth and heart your words that you want her to say. Help us to receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. As she talks in what is in the word. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Okay. My topic today is what is in the word. The Bible, you know, for us Christians, it's considered the blueprint. It instructs us. It shows us the way to move in this world. And I have listened to many men of God give their testimonies. And it's apparent to me that their power is as a result of the revelation that they have found in the word of God. The Bible is just not any ordinary book. It is the blueprint for which we as Christians ought to live by. You cannot compare it to the Quran, the Book of Mormon, or even that used by other religions. The Bible stands by itself. And I have heard it said so many times that the Bible is the most bought book in the world. It surpasses any other literary print. It's the most bought book in the world. So there must be something in the Bible that people are seeking. An architect follows the blueprint in order to build to specification. Even I as a nurse, I treat my patients based on how I was instructed. So, I tell myself, if I am to overcome or deal with situations in my life, or even to be able to help anyone, anyone else, I must fortify myself because that is what it literally boils down to. When I listen to these men of God, all they keep saying is, I went into the word and I found the revelation. I found the Rema word and he has never left me. That is what, that is the ammunition that they have. To them, the word is literally like an ammunition. And they say they fortify themselves with it. So I said, okay, there's something in this word. Let me also go and find out what is in this word. And that is what I have tried to do over the years. In the past, I, you know, I was in the word. But now that I've gotten myself so into the you know, work and stuff, I can barely have time to study the word anymore. But I want to share this with you guys. Because sometimes we just take the Bible like a literature. We read it, you know, not really having a good understanding of it. I've heard Apostle Stan several times try to bring to our attention that there are certain key words in the Bible that literally mean something like verily, verily. It's trying to call our attention to that particular verse. There's something in that verse that we need to know. Even a comma in the Bible means something. And the words in italics, they mean something. These men of God talk about soaking themselves in the word, but it came with revelation of what is in the word. So we just don't read 
the Bible. We have to read it to see what God is trying to tell us. We are made to understand that the word is full of mystery. So when we read it, we need to find out what is that mystery in the word. What is that mystery that the, that the apostles of old, you know, the, the evangelists of old, how they were able to move in power, how they were able to heal people on wheelchairs getting up, the dead rising up. In my country where I come, I'm a Nigerian, we don't have the same kind of social amenities that they have here. Even the hospitals that, that we have, it's only the 1%. I would say maybe the 1% of the population is rich, the 99%. We don't even have a middle class back in Nigeria. You're either poor or you're rich. So without the social amenities, when something happens in life, you have nothing else but the word of God. You have nothing but God. So what they try to do is soak themselves in the word. They go into the word and they tell God, this is what you're telling me in your word, that you will heal me, you will deliver me, you will restore me. You're not a man that you should lie. Therefore, let these promises that you have made, let it come to manifestation in my situation. So what they do they go through the Bible, they find the verses that pertains to their situation, and they stand on it. They pray for the revelation through the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they hold on to it. God, this is what you said. Even God himself says, come, let us reason together. And that's what most of these people try to do. They go to God and they say, well, this is what you said. The shame will not be mine but yours because I've declared myself a Christian. And I'm standing, standing on your principles, standing on your promises. Let it come to pass. Let it manifest in my life and in my situation so that people will see and know that I serve a living God. Amen. Did I? Oh, okay. All right. So therefore, as a Christian, I have the blueprint. We as Christians, we have the blueprint, the Bible, the Holy Word of God. The book of testimony states it this way, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the Bible, like it says there, is a blueprint. Even if you need to know how to instruct your child, it's in the Bible. If you're sick and you need healing, the way to go about it is in the Bible. You have a situation at work and you don't know what to do, it's in the Bible. It's a blueprint. Seriously, it's a blueprint. I have found that out for myself. I've had so many situations in life that sometimes I ask myself, is this what my life was really going to be all about? 
But one thing that I seem to, you know, hold on to is the fact that God, no matter what I experience in life, God has always been there at every point in time to bring me out of it. And what it seems to do is strengthen my faith. Because I know no matter what I go through, no matter what I experience, if I call on him, he will answer me. So that whatever I'm going to experience next, I'm not going to be afraid. Pastor, Apostle Stan said here one day that he has come to the conclusion that no matter what happens, if they are to put, line him up, he's made that confession with his family. Don't be afraid. If they are to line us up today and they say they're going to kill me, your mom, your dad, or whatever, we're ready. The day he made that statement, I thought, wow. I don't know what I will do. We've heard of situations where gunmen went into the church and shot Christians. But there are testimonies of people who stood up. They were not afraid. And I said to myself, what exactly am I afraid of? I'm just a body. The real me is in me. The spirit that God breathed in me when he created me. He said we are dust of the earth. And when he created us, he breathed his breath into us. He breathed his spirit into us. So if I am to die today, I'm a Christian. I sin every day, and at the same time, I try to repent every day. So if I die today, I know where I'm going. I'm going back to he that created me. So he said we live life in the spirit. So it is not the end. So if they come today and they say deny Christ, I will laugh. God is my witness. I will literally laugh in their face because I know they're helping me to speed up my journey to meet my maker. Hallelujah. So we Christians, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. It's just that sometimes we really don't know the extent of our blessings. You know, we really don't, we don't understand it. I see the Muslims give their life for nothing. Tie the, the bombs around their body. You know, taking another human life for no reason. And I think to myself, wow, they must really have such strong faith in that religion to do that. How about more? Us, how much more? We Christians who have the honor of the spirit, the body, and the soul. He said he created everything. There is nothing created that he did not create. Create Even Satan, Lucifer himself, God created him. So he doesn't really have that power that we think he does. No. It is Satan attacks us based on our fear. And fear is a spirit. So we need to remember that. Fear is a spirit. And that's what Satan thrives on. The fear in us. So we need to get rid of that fear. And stand firm. And believe that he who created you will not forsake you nor leave you. Amen. So what is in the word? 
God's spirit is in the word. John 6.63 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, the word of God is spirit. It's a living being. And it says it is life. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So in the word of God, not only is it life, it is the very spirit of God. So when you speak it into any situation or to anybody, you're speaking the life of God into that situation. So that is why I said, you know, whatever the situation that you encounter in life, no matter what's going on, you know, speak the word, speak life into that situation. I use my son as a very good example because I have encountered so much, so many things with him. I remember one particular situation. Uh, he, was, he had surgery and he had a reaction to the anesthesia. They couldn't bring him out of it. He was flagging. You know, he couldn't open his eyes. He was flagging. And I didn't know what to do. They tried everything. They injected an antidote. He couldn't come out of it. The doctor left. My husband at the time left. The nurses left. I'm in by myself in this little uh, surgery unit with him. And I sat there. And I spoke the word. And I said, Lord, you may have given me this boy. But I've made up my mind. That I'm going to take care of him. I dedicated this boy to you. Because I know that I cannot take care of him on my own. Therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus. Do that which you alone know how to do. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God said, give him apple juice. Now, when you have surgery, you ain't supposed to eat or drink anything. The doctor was, was gone, the nurse was gone, and it was a private surgery center. When you step out into the hallway, they have some juices, you know, uh, along the hallway. So I got up, picked him up, I walked out there, got me a little cup, and I got the orange juice. Went back into the little unit, I gave him the apple juice. My brothers and sisters, as soon as he drank that orange juice, he went, <sighs> And I gathered him to me. He slept off. You tell me if that's not the power of God. The spirit of God heard me. He heard my cry. He saw my heart. And he came and took charge of the situation for me. When the nurses came, the doctors came back. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> and I told them I just gave him apple juice. They got angry at me. Yeah, they got angry at me because you're not supposed to have anything after surgery. But they saw throughout the entire time we continued to stay there. You know, he was sleeping like a baby that he was. The power 
the spirit of God in the word. Praise the Lord. That's the one. Yes. So John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word is God. So the word literally is God in spirit form. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 4, 20, it says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to their flesh. Praise the Lord. As it is stated in Proverbs 4, 20, we are to stay in the word, study the word, meditate upon the word in order to find the life, the revelation, and the power in the word. That's what those men of God found. Because when they stand, they give countless testimonies of their, you know, exploit of what they've done. And you could see, you know, the joy. You could see them bouncing in power. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that is good. That is nice. And I've always wanted to just, you know, be like that. But the thing here is, like he says, you have to stay in the word. There's no th- you can't have that power without the word. You have to. It's like an elect- electricity. If you unplug that fan now, it stops rotating. The same thing with us. We have to stay connected to the word in order to receive that electrical flow into us, receive the spirit of God into us so that when the situation comes and you call upon God, the word flows like a river out of you. Praise the Lord. Amen. We've gone through that. So, one thing that I have seemed to find is that the flesh is an obstacle to the working of the Spirit of God in us. But the Spirit of God quickens the spirit man within us and gives us life and leads us into truth. The Spirit of God, it energizes us. So in order to stay connected to the Spirit of God, we must stay in the Word. And like I just said, think of electricity. The connecting wire to the wall socket keeps the electrical current flowing. But once disconnected, the electrical flow also stops. And so it is with the Spirit of God. We can get disconnected. It literally can happen. I used myself as an example. I just got promoted at my job, and I find that I don't have, when I wake up in the morning, I can barely pray. Because I'm trying to rush, to avoid rush hour in the morning to get to work, and I, you know, lie to myself. When I get to work, I find a little time to pray, maybe in the day or something. I just keep lying to myself (laughs) every day, you know. And I find that. I'm having strange dreams, which I should really not be having, you know. And when I wake up, you know, I feel so strange. I know the reason why. I'm disconnected. And I need to get myself connected back 
to the word of God. I need to get myself back to meditating on the word of God. I need to get myself back to fasting and prayer and seeking the face of God to know the next step, to know what's going on, to know why am I having these strange dreams, you know, so he can give me revelation because that's the only way I'm going to overcome whatever it is that is, you know, in the way. Praise the Lord. Ask it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, yeah, that's it. So the second thing that is in the word of God is power in the word of God. Luke twenty four forty nine says, And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. We remember very well the story of Pentecost. The apostles, prior to that, they could really not perform anything because they didn't have the power. So Christ, before he left, told them they should tarry, they should wait until they are endued with power. We need that power. Without that power, you really can't do anything. We remember very well the story of the little girl, if I'm not mistaken, of the story of the, the men who went out there trying to do that which the apostles had done. And that demonic spirit told them, they said, Christ, I know. You, I don't know. And it's very true. Because when you are a carrier of the word, believe me, brothers and sisters, the devil knows what you carry. Because we are spirit form. We are spirit beings. And the Bible said the spirit buried witness with one another that we are the children of God. So the spirit can see what you carry. And that's what that demonic spirit told them. He said, Jesus, I know. Who are you? Because he looked into them. He didn't see anything. They were empty vessels. They didn't see any spirit. They didn't see any power in them. So we need to be very careful when we encounter a situation. We need to make sure that we're fully equipped for whatever the situation is. Praise the Lord. So that's the story there concerning, you know, the, um, the upper room. Christ told them to tarry until they be endued with power. So in Acts 2, 1 to 4, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. He said, And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they obeyed the instruction that Jesus left them, and they Based on that obedience, I always wondered if they had not had that, received that instruction, or if they had received that instruction, but as human beings, they just dispersed and went on their separate ways. I don't think we would have had the story of the apostles. I, I literally don't think we would have had them, but they were obedient. They stayed, and the Bible says, in one accord. And based on that, as it was promised, the Spirit of God, the power of God was sent and it was released unto them. And as we know the story, after that, they went out 
into all the regions, performing signs and wonders. Praise the Lord. So once filled with power, the disciples were able to go out and perform through the power of speech. Because that's what the Spirit of God and the power of God will do to you. It will give you the power of speech. It will give you the power of boldness, of utterance, and persuasiveness. I hear of men of God say they go to do uh, evangelism. They go out there with boldness. I really don't like evangelism because I have to talk to people. I'm really not, <laughs> I really, you know, not very good at it. But I admire those who go. And I've witnessed, I've gone with them, you know. And you can see, as is rightly, you know, stated here, the power of speech. They know the word. They can bring it up to suit whatever the situation is that they need to address. You can see the boldness in them and the persuasiveness. In evangelism, as I've seen other men of God do, you really don't need to talk much. You really don't need to because you're going with the Spirit of God. You're going in the power of God. All you need to do is give them the word. Encourage them. Right there and then you've sown the seed in their heart. And all we need to do after that is water it. How do we water it? Through prayer. That them that we have encountered, that the word of God, which is the seed that we have released into them, let it be a fruit. It's as simple as that. You cannot, you know, drag anybody into the kingdom. You can just give them the word, pray for them, and let the spirit of God do the rest. But the power of God through the spirit of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the, through the Holy Spirit, it's, it's something that, you know, you cannot deny. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Imagine. Let's go back again. It said, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, things that we cannot see, the soul and the spirit. Nobody can see it. But he says the word of God is powerful enough to divide it. He says, and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The power in the word of God dispels darkness. So once the power in the word is released by faith through revelation. Through revelation. It has to go forth and do that which you have sent it. It goes and puts asunder whatever the situation is. There's a passage in the Bible says, um, it says we are the children of God. It just came to me. It says we have the power to condemn a thing. You know, and I'm sorry, it just came to me and I lost it again. But you know, that, that is a promise of God. That we, as children of God, we do have the power, you know, to condemn a thing and it shall come to pass. So by faith and through revelation, we can condemn a thing 
Sometimes when you st- when I stand to pray, you know, I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am not standing on my own. This word is not mine. This is your word. And you've told me in your word in Hebrews 4.12 that your word is powerful enough, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the, and dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and mind. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing this word right now by faith. Let it go forth. Scatter the works of the enemy. Let it go forth right now and destroy the works of the enemy against me. Let it go forth right now and bring, Almighty God, that which I desire according to your will. It's the word. Like what it says there. You send it forth, it goes and does what it's supposed to do. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word, this is God saying, So shall my word be that goeth forth, out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accompany that accomplish. I'm sorry, that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto assenting. So bear in mind that whenever you release the word of God, it has to, because that's what it says here. It has to go and fulfill the purpose for which you sent it. Do it by faith. Do it believing that that which you have released is going to go and do that which you have sent it. A lot of times we Christians just, you know, just speak the word. We really don't understand what we're saying. We really don't understand what we really want to do with that word. We just speak it. It can't perform. Because, you, first of all, you don't have the understanding. You don't have the revelation. You're really not sure what you really want that word to do. You can't do anything. And then we think, you know, oh, God doesn't love us. No, it's us. We are the ones lacking, not God. He's given us, like I said, the blueprint. He's told us what to do. But first, we have to have that word in us. We have to have that electrical current flowing in us. So that when that situation comes, like he says here, he said, release it. And it shall go forth. And fulfill the purpose for which you and I have sent it. Praise the Lord. And I said here, I said, now that's what I call power. Being able to stand and release the word for the purpose for which I sent it. And it goes and does what I sent it to do. And then I see the evidence of it. Why won't my faith be built up? Why won't I be encouraged? Praise the Lord. There is wisdom in the word. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. When it's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. James 1.5 says, If any man of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. That give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given unto him. Wisdom is a perfect thing. I remember the story, we all remember the story of Solomon in the Bible. They said he, had, he was filled with wisdom. There was no, nobody had such wisdom as Solomon had. And we know the story of him, you know, and the two women, one who had the baby that died. 
and the other one whose baby did not die. One, the one whose baby died claimed the live baby was hers. And Solomon decided to kill the live baby. But the true mother, who is always a true mother, who does not want to fly, to even be laid upon the head of their child, said, no, don't kill that child. She can have it. That's a mother. Solomon discerned right there that this other one truly is the mother. Praise the Lord. So wisdom is something that we need. Even though we know there's power in the word, the spirit of God is in the word. And when we have that word, we need to be careful. Prophet Leslie tells us here all the time that when she gets revelation she, for somebody, she has to be careful the way she releases it. She uses wisdom in the way she delivers the messages to the people. You can't just, just because you hear the word, you just blah, 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 blah. You know, you can actually, you know, drive that person away from Christianity. So you have to be careful the way you release the word. Let it, like he says, if you lack wisdom, ask and God will give it to you. So when you're in a situation where you have to, you know, counsel somebody, you know, talk to somebody, do anything, let the Spirit of God give you the wisdom on how to deliver that message. Because sometimes, you know, depending on the way you deliver the message with wisdom, you can actually touch the heart of that person. You can actually, you know, reach the situation in which they are seeking help. Because you've used wisdom in, your, in the delivering of your message. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 10.23 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkened unto counsel is wise. Colossians 3.16 says that, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 1 King 4.31, the story of Solomon, which I've already recounted here, is that he was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezraite, wiser than Herman, Calcol, and Dada, the sons of Meher. These people here mentioned were supposed to be people of renown who were very wise people. But he stated here that Solomon was even more wise than they were. And his fame, Solomon's fame, spread to all the surrounding nations. Is a f wisdom is the first and highest gift of the Holy Spirit. It is about knowing and when and how to use your knowledge. Being able to put situations in perspective and how to impart it to others. That's like what I just said. That's what Prophet Leslie does. When she gets a prophetic word for somebody, you know, she puts it in perspective and knows how to impart that word to that person to where they can receive it. Because sometimes you can talk to somebody about something, they won't, sometimes they, they won't receive it. And you can hear sometimes when the prophetic word is given, Prophet Leslie said, do you receive it? You can say yes or no. So that's why it's very important that we have wisdom when we're dealing with you know, our fellow brothers and sisters, even people in the world. We need to use wisdom in our deliverance in the, of the word of God to them so that they can receive it. Praise the Lord. The judgment of Solomon 
in First Kings 3, 16, 28, it tells the story of two women, I've already stated this, who came to the king with two young babies, one alive and one dead. Both claimed that the living child was their own and that the other woman was only pretending to be the, uh, the mother of the, the surviving infant. We know how the story went. Solomon's final decision could only have come from God. Praise the Lord. And we remember very well when God asked him, you know, what he wants him to do for him. What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. And God said, because you have not asked for riches or anything else, but this one thing, I will give you the riches. And like I said previously, you know, that wisdom is the first and highest gift of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is the first and highest gift of the Holy Spirit. That is how when you study the word of God, you've already asked God for wisdom. As you study the word with your wisdom and understanding, God is going to open the secrets in the word of God for you. Praise the Lord. Okay. It also involves the spirit of discernment. Being able to observe a situation and decide with precision and accuracy as it relates to that situation. I'm still talking on wisdom. So let's get back in the word with a renewed purpose. Don't just read it like another historical account, but like something that holds the key to your future or your destiny. Ask the Holy, the Holy Spirit for discernment when when, uh, when, when studying the word of God. Include fasting to subdue the flesh and allow the entrance of the spirit of God which illuminates and dispels darkness within the flesh to liberate us. So there are three things there that I said that is in the word. The power of God is in the word. The spirit of God is in the word. The wisdom of God is in the word. And if we can you know, imbibe these three things as we fast and pray, study the word of God. When, like I said, a situation arises, we stand, we can command that spirit, the power, using our wisdom, we can handle any situation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How'd you do? No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not getting out of that. That was an awesome talk, huh? How many thought she did a good job? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. What did you like about what she did? Everything. Yes, everything. Good. But specifically, what did you see that you liked before I pile it on? I know, right? Very relevant. Encouraging. Someone else. Very encouraging. Very inspiring. Very wise. Okay, young lady. Here it is. <laughs> She lives it. She lives it. She wasn't talking theory. She lives it. You could tell here and there she was quoting scriptures that weren't up on the page because she spent her time reading and studying the word. Like Dimitri said, if you read and study the word, then the devil can't trick you because you know the truth. Now, I expect to see you up here a lot more often now that we know how good you are and I want to say something else I was praying last night in my prayer closet Lord send 
more people into the Spirit of Prophecy Church, such as should be added. You folks online, you have seen our congregation members get up here and pray. And you want to know what kind of person a person is? Ask them to pray. You can tell real quick just how much word they know, how much time they spend with the Lord, their walk with the Lord, by listening to the prayers. And in your case, young lady, <laughs> she's a young lady. I'll be getting my uh, Medicare card soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, she's looking for a husband. She's a lot younger than what she looks. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and she looks very young. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was praying, Lord, send us more people to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. You've seen us online. You, you online folks, you've seen us pray. You've seen some of the congregation members. And one thing I think you will say folks at Spirit of Prophecy Church are deep. They know the word. They're not shallow. They're not fair-weather Christians. They are people that are prepared to meet the Lord. Amen. So, you may not be prepared to meet the Lord, but maybe you want to be. Maybe you don't know the Bible as well as you want to, but you want to learn it. Maybe you want to sit under people like Prophet Leslie and there's some other people in here that will bring truth. The kind of truth that sometimes steps on your toes but those I love are chasing, Bible says. Amen. But then you already knew that, right? So, you online folks, we encourage you to join. Speaking of something else, just because you're online doesn't get you out of before the Lord, giving to the Lord. And I'm not saying you have to give a spirit of prophecy church. It's a nice place to give. But we are all obligated to build the kingdom of God. Right? Amen. All. Amen. There's no bench in Christianity. Amen. Everybody gets to play in the game. Right? Amen. No bench. Got to play in the game. Now, one more time. Let's give her our appreciation. What a great talk. What a great talk. So I expect to see you up here more often. Yeah. Right, young lady? Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're happy that you're here today watching us and also those are here in person. Uh, it's a wonderful day and we're, we're so happy and we're rejoicing in the, the day that the Lord has made. Amen? Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of quick announcements that we have. Well, they might not be too quick this morning. We'll try to make them quick. But those of you in the church, you just received a little 3 by 5 card. So if you could write a prayer request on there, and then we're going to do a song, Walk by Faith, during praise and worship, and you'll bring them up and put them at the altar, put them on the steps. So uh, go ahead and out, write out your prayer request while you have it right now um, to get prepared for that. We're also going to celebrate in just a minute three birthdays. So you might be digging out some of your cash and credit cards and checkbook and everything else, whatever you have. Your jewelry, they'll take that too, right? Right, JC? <laughs> I don't think she needs blinged up shoes. You have blinged up shoes too. She can take as many as they give. I mean, if you want to bring her blinged shoes, I'm sure she will accept it, right? And mom wears a size, what, six and a half? 
So that she can match, right? Okay, so um, is there another microphone we can have any? We'll just pass it down here. So, um, any talk about the all-night prayer that's going to be on July the 28th. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This um, all-night prayers, prophecy church said, come, let's pray. It's time to wake up and pray. Be prayerful. This night, when you come, you see the wonders of God. It's just prayers and worship. Pastor Stan always say, closet, prayer closet. Now we are going to have prayer closet here in the church. Come and see. Amen. Amen. And that's on Friday, July 28th, come at 8 o'clock. Pray all night long until 7 a.m., and I'm sure she'll have some topics and things that we'll be praying about. But, uh, you know, if you have things you want to pray for a nation, also for a church and church people, you know, have that, have that in come. Um, so I think that any, I, I don't know for sure, but it's not really for personal type prayers. It's for church, for a, for a church. Okay, and the prayer requests and the nations. Okay, yeah. Okay, very good. All right, so you, you have, okay, go ahead and talk about yours. Okay, so for every thir- third Thursday of the month, we're going to start doing intercessory prayers. And the church cannot be powerful if there's no prayer, because prayer gives us power. Amen? That's the way we access power. Um, so if you want to join us, we're going to have a Zoom link that we're going to send. So just sign your email on this little sheet. sheet it's going to be over on the circular table mm-hmm. just write your email and we're going to send you an invitation and so this coming thursday is going to be the first uh prayer meeting and we're going to get on there at 7 30 to 8 30 we're probably going to share a prayer requests and pray for the nation pray for the people pray for the children of god and i know god is going to show himself strong amen amen you they probably need to put their phone number too right it yes. would be helpful because you can't read their <laughs> right, yes, that's Let's a say, good in idea. In case I can't read your writing, we need to be able to read your phone number at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's very good. So, And by the way, on uh, on Tony's, mm-hmm. that's a zero right there. Yes, okay, zero. Yes. yes. This is at MSN, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you would have missed it, right? See? I learned the hard way on that one. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. So let me see this, if there's any other. You stay up here with me, JC. Just stay up here with me. If you missed the 9.30 service, you missed a great message from Esther. It was great. She, had a, she talked about living the Word of God, basically. And it was really a wonderful teaching. If you missed it, go back and watch it. And also, start joining us at 9.30. You're missing a lot of part of what our church is if you don't come and hear the message at 9.30. It's not just a 10.30 service. It's at 9.30. You get a lot of meat, a lot of growth on those 9.30 services, 9.30. And also this Friday night, the Bible studies will start back again. He took uh, off for the last two Fridays. <laughs> the last two Fridays. Can I see this just a minute? Thank you. Um, all right, so, okay, so we're doing the all-night prayer on the 28th, and it goes to the 29th from 8, 8, 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then there'll be movie night on Saturday the 29th, so come and join us for that. It's called Nothing is Impossible. It's a great movie. There'll be pizza, popcorn, 
pan, you know, candy will provide all that. And then also make sure you're putting on your, uh, your calendars uh, August the 26th to come and celebrate Pastor Stan's 70th birthday. Okay, if there's, I don't, there's probably some more handouts on the flyers that are on the front desk. You can get one if you don't have one when you leave. All right, so Scarlett, what do you have here? Let me see. This is for the sign-up for fellowship, and we don't have anybody by down for next week. Is there somebody that would like to bring something next week, next Sunday? You'll bring some bread? Okay, very good. So if you could have somebody, have uh, Sharonda, if you could write Stan's name on there, and then uh, just go the pages over, and you can sign up for other days. All right. Thank you, Scarlett. Thank you so much. I'm going to sing happy birthday to you. Step here, J.C. It's your birthday. Hang up here. Come here, Freddie. No, step here. Step here. Step here. You're a special girl today. Can you get over here, Freddie? You're taller than me. <laughs> Come right here. All right, we had, we're celebrating three birthdays today. Um, this, is, this is awesome. So, so, Freddie, how old are you now? Eight. You're eight years old? Eight years old. He's growing up, isn't he? Oh, my goodness. And look how tall he's going to be. Oh, my goodness. This is great. So eight years old. Did you already have your birthday party? Yeah. No. You haven't had it? Not yet. When are you going to have your birthday party? I don't know yet. Three weeks? Oh, my goodness. I need to talk to your mama. <laughs> Well, you'll get a present today, okay? So <laughs> we celebrate his birthday just a bit. And this is Freddie. You want to be called Alfredi or Alfredo? What do you want to be called? Freddie. Freddie, okay. Freddie. He's not Fred yet. He's Freddie. So, okay. So these two girls are a day apart. So, JC, how old are you now? You're four? No, I don't think so. Let's try again. How old are you? She's three years old to get, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was her birthday. Paris, how old are you? Three. Three? Oh. <laughs> can, you, can you hold your fingers right? She's been working on it. She's been trying. But, they're, like, they're so hard. Like, yeah, they're three. <laughs> so we celebrated her birthday yesterday. So we're going to sing happy birthday um, to Freddie and then to Paris and to JC. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Freddie, Paris, JC. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Yay! So bring your funds up here so they can go shopping. Mom and Dad, let them go shopping. The dollar store is wonderful. There you go. You can get up here a little closer. Come here, Freddie. Get a little closer to the end. There's going to be a lot, Paris. Hold it all, okay? you got to hold it all. Paris, you're doing really great. She started handing it to me. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> All right, man, they're getting lots of money here. 
<laughs> Look at this. I think y'all are special. Oh, my goodness. I know, right? Here you go. Can you hold this one, too? We might have to help you here. Here you go. You want the basket for yours? Can your sister help you? Thank you. I know. I think. There we go. <laughs> Don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> there we go. Thank you all. This is great. I know, right? Here we go. Here's some more. My goodness. Here we go. This is hers. I know, right? I know. There we go. I know. So, what are you going to go do? Are you going to go shop? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to go shopping? Yes. Are you going to go shopping? Yes. <laughs> All right. Lord, just ask in the name of Jesus that you bless JC. And Lord, give her a long and healthy and prosperous life. And just keep her healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we ask that you just bless Paris. We thank you for our miracle baby. We ask, Lord, that you just bless her. Bless her and give her a long and healthy and prosperous life in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just bless Freddie in the name of Jesus. We thank you for him. We thank you for him being a good student. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you bless him. Bless him and give him a long and healthy and prosperous life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, mommies. If you can help them down here. <laughs> oh my gosh. There we go. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's stand. Let's pray for this morning service. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you just are present. Make yourself present today. Let's, we just welcome the Holy Spirit in this, this precious day of the Lord. Oh, the precious, the precious day of the Lord. We just thank you so much that we can come here and praise your name, worship your name. In spirit and truth, we don't have to fear. We can just do it with just a love in our heart without any kind of fear being upon us that somebody might hear us. We want everybody to hear us. We want to say your name out loud today. And, Lori, thank you for all the miracles, all the wonderful things that you've done for us in our lives. And, Lord, we know that this is a blessed nation. Even though there's so much crookedness to it, we thank you that you're still with us. We thank you that you're still blessing us. And Lord, we ask that if there's anybody watching that are online or anybody here that have a, a spirit of sickness in them, we just cast it out right now in Jesus' name. We command it to go. Command it to go. And we thank you, Lord, that you're here with us today. And we ask that you just bless the service, bless Pastor Stanley as he brings the message, bless the praise and worship and all the sound equipment and that everything be done decently in order. In your name we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's time for offering. All right. Good morning, everyone. 
It is time for offering. So we have three children in here that are having an extremely happy birthday, right? You saw. So I was going to come up here and say that and remind you that God loves a cheerful giver. But we saw out of these three children that Spirit of Prophecy Church doesn't have a problem giving, right? So I just it just reminded me whenever I was giving something to JC before, and she looked at me and she said, here you go, Daddy. She gave it right back. And so that made me want to give her all the more, right? And imagine our Heavenly Father wants to do that. So whenever we realize that we came to this earth with nothing and everything that we have, we have an abundance. Amen? Amen. And so we are able to give freely in this place. We're able to give freely this morning and with a joyful heart. So uh, with that being said, I invite you to come up here and give tithes and offerings unto the Lord. And he will see and reward you in secret. Amen. So the purple basket is for the church tithe and the blue basket is for missions. So while we're doing the prophetic act of bringing the tithes to the storehouse, I just want to give you something to think about this morning if you're praying to see a release where you can go on a mission trip what would be step one to give to the mission trip of course you're praying for that release but the seed to be sown would be through the giving to the mission trip so same with the uh, a ministry that's that operates heavily in the prophetic you give to the church, that's the seed that you're going to sow, and you'll receive uh, that prophetic. You'll receive that release for uh, being able to go on a mission trip. And let me tell you, it's awesome to be able to bless people. Yeah, it'll change you to be able to bless people uh, and to, to, to travel the world, to see the other country, to see how people live. It's just a, a wonderful privilege to be able to do so, yeah? All right, let's pray over these. Lord, we thank you. Here we live in America. All the world looks up to America and says that we are the most blessed nation on earth. And Lord, we know that it all came from you. It wasn't our natural resources. It wasn't our colleges or universities. It wasn't our skills or anything we have. It's all your hand, and it is our privilege to yes. give back to you. We ask you to bless the people back in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask the blood of Jesus to spread over this, these people, over this offering. In the name of Jesus, that you would multiply this offering as well as the people. And I just pray, Father, for a blessing from above. Uh, we love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, good morning, everybody. Let's stand. Guess what time it is now? Praise and worship. Oh, Praise and, and worship. Don't forget, you got the little white cards. If you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll get you one. Put your prayer request on there. Praise reports, whatever. But specifically, I believe it's a prayer request, right? Right? Or those things that you need a breakthrough in your life. And when we sing this second song called Walk by Faith, you're going to pass Prophet Leslie Correct me here. Are they bringing them up here, tearing them up, or just bringing them up here and laying them down? Bring them up here at the altar and lay them down. And declare that that is done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's stand up and spread out and praise our God. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Let it be a sweet sound into your ear in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Singing in you. In you, in you I find my In you, in you I find my strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be found about my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises rain. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my hands. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my peace. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my everything. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my life.
right, come on with their prayer request. We're going to declare it in the name of Jesus. When you fulfill to release it, drop it down up here at the altar and declare it's done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We can feel free to go ahead and we can march around here. We can declare it. They walked around those walls seven times to declare that it was done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We walk by faith. I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith, I put my trust in you. I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith, I put my trust in you. Every step I take is a step of faith. The weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every prayer I make is a prayer of faith. Come on, tell me who. And if my God is for me, who? Then who can be against me? I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith. I put my trust in you. I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith. I put my trust in you. Every step I take is a step of faith. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every prayer I make is a prayer of faith. And if my God is for me, Tell me who can be against me. I walk by faith, each step by faith, to live by faith. I put my trust in you. Jesus' name, each step by faith to live 
Let the King of my heart be the mountains where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, He is my song.
I sing praises to your name, to your name, Lord. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Praises to your name, to the name above all names. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be So if you're praying for someone specifically for healing, this is not about you today. It's about praying for, uh, for others. I would like for you to either kneel down where you are or to come and bring their name to the altar before the Lord today for them to be healed, be completely healed. We have to believe the word, what the word says. And this was the message the Lord was giving to me this morning when I was up here, that it's time that we pray for these other people. It's okay to pray for yourself, but we have to believe the word of God for these others. We just heard the message this morning at our 930 service that we must believe and have the, understand we have the promise of God's word. We have the promise of God's word. It's not about you getting the glory by calling them on the phone and then they're healed and say, oh, I was so great. It's not you. It's Jesus that is healing them. Jesus is healing them. So wherever you are, if those are watching online, I just encourage you to get on your knees, on your face before God, and say, lift this person's name up to him. And say, I intercede. I stand in the gap. Jonathan, can you go around and help just pray in agreement with these people? Stan, can you go around and pray? Pray for an agreement with these people. Can you go and pray in agreement with these people? Greatly to be praised. I pray that each one of you are your name. Oh, Lord. Glory. Any? Are you up here? Oh, you're down there, Any? Good. to you, Lord. They're lifting up these names to you. We know you're going to do it. Heal them, Lord. There's people they're praying for. There's so many needs, Lord. There's so many needs. You praise your name no matter what, Lord. Praises to your name, oh Lord. 
be praised. Hallelujah. Now give him some praise and thank him for what he's doing right now. Right now he's doing it. Thank you, Lord. I look forward to hearing testimonies. Please bring us the testimonies, the good reports. And Lord, let them hear the good reports in the name of Jesus. And Kate, you have a lot of prayer requests up here before you leave, so make sure you get them all. <laughs> It'll be a good way to start our first Thursday, right? Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. I think they're building the wall of Jericho in the children's church today. And I bet those walls, we're going to hear them come tumbling down. <laughs> If you didn't get your prayer request done in time, make sure that you give it to Kate. She's a beautiful lady in the royal blue dress this morning, so make sure you give it to her before you leave this morning. Hallelujah. I want to hear the screams back there, Michelle, when they have that wall come tumbling down. Not that they're not... I said, I want to hear the screams when they have that walls come tumbling down. Not that we don't hear them anyway, but just... yeah. <laughs> I love to hear them, don't you all? Yeah, it makes my heart sing. Happy notes. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Well, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you so much that this man of God has come here to deliver the word of the Lord to us this morning. Lord, I ask that you anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And Lord, just like I pray every Sunday, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And let us remember the words that are spoken here. In the name of Jesus, let us not walk out and have this, this slumbering spirit, this dumb death spirit come upon us that we don't remember. If that's happening to you, you need to pray against that. You need to remember what the messages are in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now bless him, Lord. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. amen. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain as redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that setteth upon the throne and to the Lamb. And the congregation this morning says, Amen. Amen. Blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God who liveth forever and ever. And Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes and let us see. Open our heart and our spirit to be able to hear. We ask your anointing to come in, to speak, and to touch to every person here in the room and online, as that's what we gather for. We gather to worship you and to feel your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. So what he wanted me to challenge you with today, to ask you, are we serving the Lord? In our world, we are so entertained. We have something that is able to entertain us almost every moment. If it's not American Idol, it's a computer game. Oh, I stepped on some toes then, didn't I? We are entertained to death. Did I say that right? Yes. We are entertained to death. 
Had some time recently with a guy that for many years was a sports agent. And he began telling me about the world of sports. And it's a whole other world. In the world of sports, everything is about sports. Began to explain. Could you turn that? Put, put, definitely put on low. It's hard to on low. That sports are there to entertain us. And I asked myself, why do they have an American Idol? Why do we have baseball? Why do we have football? Why do we have all of this? I think that the evil elite have a plan. The plan is to keep us out of the Bible, to keep us out of church, to keep us entertained so we don't read our Bible, don't go to church, we don't pray, we don't minister, we don't grow in the Lord, but we're entertained. So consequently, the average American is well entertained. They can tell you what's on TV at Tuesday evening at 7.30. They can tell you when their favorite programs come on. And, sad to say, a lot of people are under pornography. I see articles people send me all the time about people that have been caught. Oh, what was it? I saw an article this week. A Democrat, surely not a Democrat, would be caught soliciting a 14-year-old for sex on the Internet. In all of this busyness, these things that do so easily beset, we have to turn our back on the world. We have to run towards, towards the cross. We have to work to get closer to Jesus. Oh, that was a good place for an amen. You missed that one. Right? We Americans, it's difficult for us. It's difficult for us to get close to Jesus today. Is it? Okay, now we heard Esther come up here. She talked about how she's from Nigeria. And now they got to really read that word. They got to claim the word. She didn't say it, but they got to memorize the word. They got to make their life based upon the word because that's all they have. Well, Americans are just entertained to death. So he wanted me to ask you today, are you serving him? Or are you allowing the entertainment, the entertainment monster to come and entertain you too much? It's so easy to say, well, you know, matter of fact, I recently talked to another guy. He would tell me how he was so caught up in the world, so caught up with working, you know. Matter of fact, he said, here I am, 54, no kids, never been married because I was married to my job. Leslie says, Stan, you have to be careful of that. Maybe that wasn't exactly the way she said it, but... Moving right along. <laughs> There's a bit of a workaholic in me. Us workaholics have to make certain, and by the way, even if you're a pastor, you can work so hard for the Lord that you still forget your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she says you could get a spirit of adultery, not with another person, but with your job. Yep. Or with entertainment. Matter of fact, that's what alcoholism is, where people will do the marijuana, the drugs, and things like that. In other words, broad is the way. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go at. But straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to eternal life, and few there be that find it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through this door. Jesus is the door. What he wanted me to challenge the Spirit of Prophecy Church with this morning is this. Are you being entertained to death? Have we allowed ourselves to be caught up in the world and the things of the world? I ask myself, well, why is it that churches are being sold, turned into mosques? Not just in America, but around the world. Turned into Buddhist churches. Why is that happening? Because they're falling away from the word. I see the young kids these days, they're watching Disney. In my opinion, it is the worst. I could stand up here and talk for an hour about all of the bad things about Disney. According to Fritz Springmeier, the Disney name, the Disney family, and I have to give you a disclaimer, I cannot prove this, is what he says, is actually one of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines. Probably, when you talk about Rothschilds, Rockefellers, DuPont, many of these big name Reynolds, these big, big names, and I cannot prove those people are part of the Illuminati. I have to give you a disclaimer for that. can't prove it. I do not know. He says so. But of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, those are your bankers, your political people. But Disney, I look at little Paris, and she just cried because she wanted to pick up Leslie's cell phone. Now, do you think that that's so that she could memorize another Bible scripture? No, what do you think that is? Because there's another movie, there's another game, or there's something? Spirit of Prophecy Church. Guard ourselves so that we do not fall into the world and the things of the world. That includes working too much. This one guy was telling me I never got married, never had children. I'd work till 11, 12 o'clock at night. <clears throat> it's easy to have happen, right? He's saying, seek me first and the kingdom of God and its righteousness, then all of these other things will be added to you. But it's not easy to seek the Lord first. But that's what he's saying. He's saying, seek me. All right, now, I've got a couple of scriptures up here. I have a couple of scriptures up here. They will appear in just a moment. I saw him here earlier. Okay, I think I already covered that. 
Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight. What's a weight? A lot of times it's a TV. A lot of times it's a computer. These days, maybe it's a cell phone. These days, maybe it's entertainment. Leslie and I first decided, one of the places we decided to move was the DFW area. And the thing that, one of the things that was high on our priority list, why we decided to move to DFW, is because the Dallas Cowboys were here. Of course, this is God's country, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, we haven't, we haven't, I don't even watch them. I think I, I may have watched one game last year. And certainly didn't go to any of them. It's easy to let the world sneak in. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, don't let the world sneak into your life. Amen. Amen. That includes a job. That includes a husband or a wife. That includes the children. Yeah. Oh, well, we're supposed to spend time with the wife and children. Yes, we're supposed to. Just like we're supposed to be diligent in our work. Right? It's just that he's supposed to be first. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. See, Esther couldn't get up here and give that talk if she'd have just been a hard worker. She had to come out of the world and the things of the world that do so easily beset. Let's lay aside every entertainment. Well, no, no, it's okay to be entertained. I watch the TV sometimes. We went to a movie yesterday. Went to watch Mission Impossible. <sighs> True. She slept. But I also read the Bible. I also had a prayer closet. See what I'm saying? Don't let the devil, don't let the world Come in and get in the way of Jesus. That's, if I can just get that a point across, then we can go ahead and go to lunch. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us. Wait, 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 what? You mean some of that stuff can be a sin? Yes. Yes. Anything that could come between us and Jesus, isn't that a sin really? Okay, because a sin is falling short of the glory of God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that do so, does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So let me ask you a question. Are you in the race? Are you in the game or are you in the bench? Because in the kingdom of God, there is no bench. Nobody gets set on the bench. Where everybody's serving the Lord. Well, I don't know. God hadn't told me, called me to serve. Okay, here you go. Try this one. Lord, I want to serve you. Show me what you would like for me to do to serve you. Then get ready. Those I love, I rebuke and chasten. So he's always there. With God, let me tell you, there's always another level. Okay, so you got saved. Hey, that's it. Right? Nope. Then what happened? Well, then he had to start reading the Bible. He had to start going to church more. And then someplace then you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, right? With every level, there's another devil. 
And if I ever get to the top, I'll let you know. And by the way, here's another thing too. God always has a list. List of things he's working with us. And that is, Stan, if you can fix this one, if you can get rid of this one, that's really good. So maybe we get rid of that one. Then guess what happens? Chink. <laughs> so then we get rid of this one. Guess what happens? Chink. And then guess what? There's some more down here. <laughs> With some of it's like it goes way down, right? In other words, he's always working with us on something. And if he's not working with us on something, we should be really scared. Talked with a great man of God out of San Antonio this week. Great man of God. He was telling me about something that was not right. And I won't get into what it was. And I said, you know, if I were to do something like that, God would slam my face on the floor so hard. Are you afraid of God? I'm afraid of him. I've been on the receiving end of some of that correction. And I thank him for it. Have you ever fallen down on your knees and said, thank you, Lord, for your correction? <laughs> I don't want correction. Guess what? If he loves you, it's coming. I think we have a drone in the room. It's the children, yes. Now let's jump to the next one. For we walk not in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. We're hearing the children back there. They're doing the walk around the, the wall of Jericho today. It just came tumbling down. Yeah, it just came tumbling down, I guess. <laughs> For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every eye thing, Every high thing that exalteth itself above the knowledge of God. That might mean American Idol. That might mean turn off your TV. That might mean America's Got Talent. Oh, now, now, you, now you're killing my golden pig here. I love that one. <laughs> now, am I saying TV is all bad? <laughs> Here's the thing. What TV does is it puts in a, a different spirit. We keep watching that stuff, it puts in a different spirit. Not this spirit. So consequently, going to church is not that important. Going, reading the Bible is not that important. Developing a prayer closet is not, getting closer to Jesus is just not that important. With the spirit of the world in you. If you love the world and the things of the world, Thank you. I've got one person that can quote it. If you love the world and the things of the world, then the, things, the, the love of the Father is not in you. We're not supposed to love the world. We're in the world. Thank you. I've got some people quoting the Bible back to me. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We shouldn't look like the world. We shouldn't walk like the world. We shouldn't talk like the world. When we're playing racquetball and somebody cusses in there, they ought to feel bad because... You're in the room. That's right. Amen? Amen? I've seen him look over at me and go, <laughs> and sometimes it'll slip, maybe even twice, but most of the time, not. 
I did have one guy, and I mean, it was a catawall. It was several words came out. I don't think you're in the room yet. And I said, Don, you know I'm a pastor. And you know I don't appreciate those kind of words. He just ducked his head. I said, go on, let's play. No more words have come out of his mouth around me. It's not Stan. It's the Spirit of God bringing conviction. He knows it. We're supposed to cast now imaginations. We're supposed to cast that world out of us. Thank you. Every high thing that exalts itself against Jesus, what am I supposed to do? We, gotta, we have to go. I, how many times have I been walking into a movie theater through my life and I'm praying, I plead the blood of Jesus over a body, soul, spirit. None of this is going to affect us. Of course, you may be saying, well, then what are you doing going in there? Sometimes I wonder that. I've been in a movie where I counted the F-bombs. Thirteen. Before we walked out. Yes. We walked out of some movies. What I'm trying to say is, we, we see the world, but if we don't stop it, then it gets in us. Are you hearing me? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We shouldn't look like them, she wouldn't walk like them, we shouldn't talk like them, we shouldn't dress. And here's another thing, since I'm on my soapbox a little bit this morning. I want to say, we go play racquetball. And these girls come down here. I'm ashamed to even tell Leslie sometimes how some of them are dressed. It looks like they, and it, I'd like to say it's only the nice, pretty, curvy ones. But it's not. Yeah, some of those women's like, oh, cover it up, lady, cover it up, cover it up. It looks like their they're clothes are put on with a spray gun. It's like, if they got a pimple, you could see it. We were in France a number of years ago. I had to start closing my eyes. Leslie finally turned to me. She even made a remark. She says, you know, normally you look all around. She says, you've just been staring at the concrete for the last couple of days. I know. Because we're at the French Riviera and these babes are walking around like. Men, we probably need to have a men's breakfast and talk about this. But there's a hook in alcohol. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, does that mean you can't drink? But they call it spirits for a reason. When we drink it, we could be drinking in a spirit. Is there an amen in the room? Amen. We could be drinking in a spirit. There's a hook in it. Maybe you can do it once. Maybe you can do it twice. Maybe you can't. Hey, here's the best thing. If you don't take it, yes, sir. 
Don't do it. Don't do it the first time. Stop it. Same thing with girls. We men probably need to have a breakfast and talk about this. But there's a hook in women. There's a hook. A lot of women dress because they want to look like a hook. I started thinking it's another hooker. Wasn't that really the correct term? Okay, we think hooker is somebody gets paid for it. Well, some of those women, the way they look, they did get paid for it. By us men looking. Oh, silence on that one. I like what Sin he said a couple of weeks ago, remember? Men don't look. Above the neck. And hey, here's another thing. There's hooks in the face. We men need to have a breakfast, don't we? <laughs> Talk about it. I'm only saying he wants me to, to challenge all of us, including me. These are battles. You know why I can talk about this? You know why I can talk about this? Because I live in the same world you do. I fight the same hooks you do. Men or women. Now, women don't have any hooks. They don't have anything. No challenges to women, right? The devil always has something. Ladies, is there, a, is there a hook out there someplace? Maybe it's not in we, men. It's everywhere. Maybe it is in men. Shopping. Shopping. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you this story. So, <laughs> Leslie Ann was how old? About three years old. Leslie Ann was in bed and she was sick. I went and said, honey. I said, uh, you want some ice cream? No. You want some cake? No. Leslie said, try this. You want to go shopping? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paris, three years old, I had the same thing. Paris wasn't feeling. And I remember that. I said, you want to go shopping? Yeah! <laughs> I'm only saying... I'm only saying it's easy to be Christian when you're in here in a church around your other Christian brothers and sisters. That'll encourage you. But out there, all alone, there's hooks. There's traps. There's tricks. He's always coming after us. What he's doing, though, is he's calling us not to just avoid, but in the grapevine, that's what it is, the vineyard, he wants us to serve. Got a scripture on it. So, we have to ask ourselves, what are we serving? We serve in the world? We're serving the job? We serve in him. Are we just living the life? Are we spinning our children's inheritance? You've heard these things said. We're chasing our dreams, serving, seeking eternal rewards. Are we seeking eternal rewards? So, Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. Meaning, we ought to all get off the bench, make sure we're not on the bench, 
make sure we're in the game. We're all serving the Lord, right? He went on to say, Take heed that when you do your alms, in other words, when we do our giving, before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Notice these three or four scriptures, how many times it says they have the reward. They have the reward. So let me ask you a question. Have you told the Lord, this is what I want my rewards to be? I'd tell you one thing, well, I want is what? Gift of life. We want eternal life. Remember Howard Pittman? When he died, went to heaven, and he said, uh, the Lord said to him, well, you can come on in now, but you'll lose all of your rewards. Let me ask you, have you thought about what your rewards are? Have you asked the Lord for some rewards? Have you asked him for souls? Have you asked him for souls? Oh my goodness, all the hands should go up. Stan, what do you want? What do you want for Christmas? No, no, no. What do you want for eternity? I want to be an overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. That's one of the big blessings. I want the morning star. I want to be an overcomer. I want the morning star. I want thousands upon thousands of souls. I could go on and on and on. I've got a list of probably about ten things. If you can find my prayer card, you find about six of them on that prayer card. Make sure not to let the world don't let the world get your heart. We want to make certain that we're serving the Lord and Him only. Do we serve? Right? Remember, that means that we deny. We deny ourselves. Jesus said, disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. What's that mean? It means we don't necessarily move to Florida because we want to live in Florida. If our ministry is here, it means that we don't walk in and tell pastor and his wife that we're ready to start our own church until God tells them. In other words, it means that we don't live for ourselves. We live for him. Do I need to say that again? That was good. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What's the cross? Every one of us has been given that cross. Every one of us. Do you know what? Every one of us has been given a cross. Are we carrying it? How many are carrying the cross? How many know you're carrying the cross? I'm not going to ask you how many are not sure. I'm certainly not going to ask you how many are not carrying it. Deny himself, take up his cross, follow me, and whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now, yes, that's talking about dying for him, but it's also in the context of are you, okay, like a big sports company calls you and wants you to start your own, uh, to, leave, to leave your other job and to come for $150,000 a year, we want you to come and work for our company. But in order to do that, you got to come out of being Christianity. You got to learn to drink 
beer with him at their parties. That's denying a bigger and better salary. That's denying sometimes even things we want to do. Whosoever saves his life shall lose it, and whosoever loses life for my sake shall find it. It also means, are we willing to get off the bench, going to serve him, to build his kingdom? For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? He shall reward every man according to his works. Question. Do you have some works? If you were to die today, let me ask you this serious question. I'm not asking you to answer out loud. <clears throat> if you were to die today, let's say you're going home, turn a corner, all of a sudden there's nothing but a big grill of a big truck in your face. You wake up, you're at the pearly gates. There's Jesus. He says, come on in, I know who you are, but let's talk about your rewards. Would you have some rewards? Or would you just barely scrape in, as my fourth grade teacher said, by the skin of your teeth? And I thought, my skin, my teeth don't have any skin. That's the point. Would you barely get in? Or would you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, and here are your rewards. Great are your rewards. If I have got that across today, I've delivered the message. For we are laborers, notice that word laborers, together with God, you're God's husbandry, you're God's building, according to the grace of God which is given in me as a wide master builder. I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For the foundation can no man lay, that is, the laid, which is Christ Jesus. But if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, that's the good side, but then you look at the bad side. Some people are building wood, hay, and stubble. Now, what's the difference? What about a pastor? Let's take me, for example. Could it be that the things that I'm doing will not be counted in eternity? How could that happen? If I'm doing it for the wrong reason? Maybe I'm doing it for lots of money. Well, <laughs> uh, then you, you're mistaken because that ain't happened. Oh, because of fame and fortune. After all, I have thousands of people in my church. Not. See what I'm saying? We can be serving the Lord, but we do it for the wrong reason. So my question is, A, are we serving the Lord? Thank you. And are we serving him for the right reasons? Every man's work shall be made manifest. Now, what does that mean? The Bible says everything done in secret be open, made manifest. Everything hidden be shattered from the rooftops. So apparently, the, the wedding garment wash, washes our sins clean, and those sins are not seen, but everybody can see your rewards. Henry Gerber said when he was in heaven, he saw people walking around, and they had these white glistening, glimmering clothes on, white gown. He says it was like it was alive. And he said, and as you got close to someone, the gown began to speak of their works. The, the gown 
introduced this person to that person coming around them. There's another scripture that says that in heaven we'll be known as we are known. In heaven, there's no introductions. We'll know everybody. And as they look at us, what's on our head? What was on Jesus' head? Many crowns. They'll be able to look at us, know who we are, what we've done. Daniel 12, 4 says, And they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So apparently the more people we win to the Lord, the brighter we glow. I want a bright glow. I want the morning star. I'm a greedy guy. Okay? I want lots of souls. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want his name to be on my forehead. I want to go no more out. I want to be a pillar of the temple of God, the temple of my God, which cometh down from heaven out of my God, and I will give upon him my new name. I want a white stone, and a stone written a new name, which no man knoweth but he that receiveth it. I want a lot of rewards. Do you have a lot of rewards? It's real quiet in here. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, what is he talking about? What's the fire? Morning star. What's the fire? The morning star. Okay, so what happens whether we're in the grave, whether we're on the surface, doesn't make a difference. That fire, that morning star hits all of us in a moment, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And it burns away all of the wood, hay, and stubble. That's what the previous scripture would say. <clears throat> it burns away all the wood, hay, and stubble. And the only thing that's left is a glorified body. And whatever garments we get, whatever crowns we get, whatever mantles we get, all of our blessings, in a moment, his reward is with him. Faster than I can snap my fingers. His, all of his rewards are made manifest. If any man's work abide, what will be built upon? He shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, whoo, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Meaning... Some folks are going to get into heaven, going to get into eternity with no rewards. What I'm encouraged to tell you today is to challenge you. Are you serving? Here, here's another thing. I had one guy in Topeka. He always came dressed like he just stepped off of a Harley Davidson. Big black boots. Got them chaps on, you know, like they wear with motorcycles, you know, kind of like the horses' chaps, okay? Big black belt. Had on various shirt, and he'd have on this black kind of a, a vest, leather vest hanging over with one of those. Anyway, looked like he just stepped off. Finally, one of the days, I walked up and says, why do you always dress like you just stepped off a Harley Davidson? He said, because I'm trying to impress people with Harley Davidson to come to church. And I kind of felt boldness at the time, so I said, well, <clears throat> it's not working because I don't see anybody sitting in your pew. It's one of the things I admire Eric about. He's all-time inviting people. He's dragging them into church. Probably me running them off, I just can't get them to stay. 
nicest guy I was talking to the other day. Go to church? Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, I go to Episcopal church. He said, but I'm not exactly pleased with them today. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, there's a lot of churches people aren't pleased with today. And I said, well, my idea of a church is this. You get a King James Bible. He said, yeah, that's right. I said, my idea of a church is this. You get a King James Bible, and the objective is for the pastor to read it and know it, and to do his best to get the congregation members to read it and to know it and to follow it. Am I missing something? Praise and worship is to get people to follow it. Prayer is to get people to follow it. Sermons to get people to follow it. Prayers to get people to follow it. Everything is to get them to follow the word. And he says, I agree. I'm thinking, well, somebody ain't agreeing because we only have 20 or 30 people in our church. But I'll tell you what, people that come in Spirit of Poxy Church, just like we saw Esther this morning, we've seen Bill get up here and talk. We've seen other people get up here and talk. And you can, like, remember when we pray? They're deep. They're deep in the Word. They're deep with the Lord. They walk close with the Lord. You guys are some of the best people. And that's the reason I think God is asking me to challenge you this morning. Are you serving Him? Or are you in the bench? It's easy to do. In our world today, I mean, there's been times just the other night, man, I'm tired. I want to go in and study Hebrew. I want to go in and refresh my memory on Revelation. What's on TV? I fight it too. But what he's saying is today, let Jesus win the victory. Verse 15, if any man's work should be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet, so as by fire. Meaning, when we get to eternity, we want to get there with a lot of rewards. A lot of rewards. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One thing I can tell you, Jesus wants to give you more rewards. Jesus wants to give all of us more rewards, but he wants us to earn them. I'm convinced of this by all of my time with the Lord. In heaven, there are no gifts given that are not earned. You get a gift in heaven, you earned it. Ah, I think this is about to close. Well, they promised them liberty. They themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bondage. For if, do they have, if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world, meaning after they've come to receive Jesus, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and become, overcome, the latter end is worse from them than is the beginning. It had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. We can't deny Jesus. We can't walk away from Jesus. Once we've asked Jesus into our heart, we can't deny him. 
We can't not work. We must work. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog has returned to his vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Remember those things of the past? Oh, I do. I remember the Lord told me, he said, you do that again? I'm going to put all those sins back on you double. Look at the heels. About the waist. Salute. Yes, sir. Click the heel. About the waist. Yes, sir. We're not going to do that again. Click the heels. About the waist. Have you got the message? Thank you. I'm delivering a serious message. I think that Jesus is delivering a message, a serious, I would even say a hard message, because you are able to absorb the meat. Most people couldn't take it. But he's saying, you're my best. You're some of my best. And for you, I want more. How do you get more roses? How do you get more roses? Beat the bush. You're correct. How do you get more roses? You beat the, the rose bush. How do you get more righteousness? Those I love, I rebuke and chase them. My reward is with me to give to every man according to his work shall be. So you got to work. Okay, i got three more minutes. This will conclude there. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man as like a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. When he saw the laborers, he said, Go into my vineyard, I'll pay you a penny for the day. Went out about a third hour and saw others standing idle. He says, Go into my vineyard. Now notice, what's a vineyard? See, in the wheat fields is where you find the Christians. He didn't say, Go to my wheat fields. Go to my vineyard. The vineyard are nations that where there are no Christians. Go you to the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, I'll give you. Then, about the sixth and ninth hour, he did likewise. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found others idle. Sent them, go to the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, I, you shall receive. When it was evening, it was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them hire, beginning at the last under the first. And when they came, they were hired about the eleventh hour, and they received a, man, a penny. When the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, because likewise, every man a penny. And when they received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got the same as these other guys. We labored in the sun all day long. But we got the same penny. Now, he says, how is that right? We borne the burden of that day. He said, friend, I'm not doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me to work in the vineyard for a penny? Now, what's the penny? I think it is, when he's saying work in the vineyard, it means the reward or the crown for that. In my case, being a pastor, get the crown of life, a pastor's crown, I don't know what it is, God knows. It may mean that we only pastored for a year. It may mean we pastored all of our life. But you get the pastor's crown. You get the pastor's crown. 
Take thine, that is, and go thy way, and give this last even unto thee. It is not lawful for me to do with mine own. Is it thine? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the last and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. What's the difference? I believe I am called. I believe Leslie is called. I believe that he said, "Go into my vineyard and go to work." We're not chosen. I think Michael Boldea is one that was chosen. He didn't want to. He had no choice. He's chosen. I think we're called. I think most of us in this room, I think all of us in this room, to a degree, are called. The phone's ringing. Will you pick it up? And if you pick it up and he says, go into my vineyard, do you click at the heels, bow at the waist, and salute and say, yes, sir? Or... Do you say, uh, yeah, let me watch TV. Let me put this on up there. Today, I want to pray for everyone to hear the phone ringing. Today I want to pray that everybody hears the call, answers the call, and says yes to serve. Dear Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, we know this is a serious moment before you. We want to get lots and lots and lots of rewards because we did lots and lots and lots for your kingdom. And if there is a time where any of us should have listened and didn't, please speak again. If there was a time where we said yes and didn't go, please forgive us and call us again. Show us the vineyard that you would send us to. Show us the thing that you want us to do. At this point, we promise, Lord, we will click at the heels, bow at the waist, and salute and say yes, sir, and we will go and do that thing that you've called us to do, and we will deny self. We will lose our life to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive Jesus today, send us an email. Also, you might want to think about going here. And that's another thing. Just because you're online doesn't get you out of giving to God. And I'm not talking about giving the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Everybody gives to God. And if the place you choose to give is Spirit of Prophecy Church, that's great. And if you want to, if you'll click on that, begin, become a ministry member to the left, kind of down the page a little bit, you can become a minister. And also at the bottom, you can donate. You can also slide down to the blue line. You can donate there uh, if you choose to donate to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Also, if you'll click like, share, and subscribe, it'll help other people to get it. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Thank you folks here for coming. And hopefully the message was not too hard. Thank you.